Hello, divers. Welcome once more to the one, the only, of course, except for all the others with the same title. You don't like them. The Deep Dive Podcast. This is where each episode we strive to find something, anything to watch on streaming media. I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wangshub Movie Magazine, and joining me here in Studio D is not only my usual co-host, the magnificent Mandalorian. Hello, Manda. Hello. But also returning after a long hiatus <laughs> is, is Mr. Mandalorian. Mr. Mandalorian. Hello, Wayne. Hi, from a distance. <laughs> now, that at, picks it up. There you go. Now, uh, if you uh, if you can't tell just from that brief snippet uh <laughs> wayne is from uh, as we like to say across the pond yes uh and today as you know as we're recording this 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 is is the the day that we uh we lost uh her majesty uh queen elizabeth the second yes uh and this was you know uh, she was 96 years old so right. this is not exactly shocking not entirely unexpected right but it does set in motion a chain of events that is going to basically rock the uk for quite a while you're talking geopolitical upheaval exactly plus you know there are very few uh a, very, a small percentage of people who are alive today that do not remember anything but queen elizabeth <laughs> as the monarch small he says <laughs> yes i mean literally there's not that many people that do remember a time when she was not oh, queen oh right 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 yeah uh, yep. You know, she started off uh, with a prime minister named Winston Churchill, I Win think. Why does that sound right. familiar? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I, I heard he was a drinker. <laughs> anyway, um, but and she met with virtually every president, with the exception of Lyndon Johnson. Yeah, no one cares about that, though. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And we thought we should acknowledge it. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's just sad, right? When anybody passes, uh, regardless of your, uh, you know, thoughts and uh, support or non-support of the monarchy, um, whatever institution that still um, pertains to. But ultimately, I think that just we want to acknowledge that she's passed and just say, you know, our our, our thoughts are definitely with her family. And, um, you know, we hope and we wish for continued success. At least I know I do. Uh, Mr. Mandalorian being a, well, basically a British nationalist. Do you have anything to add, sir? I'm leaning into the mic, so hopefully it comes across. Um, interesting anecdote. So uh, people that work in like the Tower of London and stuff are technically part of the army and stuff like that. And uh, I was watching an interview with one and he said, you know, people come up and say, what's do you know what the plan is for when the queen passes away and everything? And he would say, we're not allowed to talk about that because technically talking about the queen dying is still considered treason. Wow. Even though she was 96 and very clearly mm. not and doing great. also like great. 20, 22. Like right. But it's, you know, talking about the queen passing away in any capacity and what's going to precede her um, is still technically legally considered treason. So mm. that's why if you were to go any places and say, okay, well, do you know, do you know what the plan is for the line of succession now that Charles is king, which is really odd? Mm. Um, what's the next plan after that? Even though it's very hard to be talking about that, they won't talk about it because that would be considered treason against him. Mm. Interesting. It's Funny interesting anecdote. that he went. Uh, thank you for that. It's interesting that he went with Charles the Third, considering what happened to the first two Charles. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. And as we all know, we've done a history episode, and I could keep going on and on and on and on and on and on, mm -hmm. but I won't. Q and on. Q and ho. Q and on and on and on. No. Ho. 
Um, That's a whole different kind of treason. Thank you very much. It really is. Save that for the dinosaurs. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We did do a dinosaur episode, and I think um, I think I can rightly say that it was our highest rated. We got two ratings on it. Yeah, they're both from me. Anyways, um, oh boy. Now that's out of the way, thank you for listening to that. Welcome to the uh, second part of our Bonanza series known as Slashers and Splashers. Mm. This is the uh, the Splashers side. Yes, and I want to clear something up. Uh, it is not a reference to toilets. Ew. <laughs> I didn't think of that, but... Um, you don't... Wait, you don't call them Splashers? <laughs> is that... Okay. I mean, I guess if you're a Splash... Some people's floats. Whatever. Regardless, we just lost all of our listeners. But uh, uh, yeah, both of them. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's better that we do it today and not tomorrow. <laughs> all right. That I'm editing out. <laughs> wow. Anyways, part cool. two. Next series, floaters and boaters. There you go. Floaters and boaters. That's why we bring him around. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> Were we actually doing something? You're welcome. Yes, this was, I think, uh, number two in our series. Yes. Number two? Number two. Okay, you know what? Be mature. Be mature. (laughs) Why start now? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, So anyway. Exciting. Now, we are celebrating the end of summer. We are. uh, And we're sort of counting down to our massive Halloween horror month starting in October. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, Halloween started for us July 1st. Well, you know, yeah, for us, yeah. sure. You know, a couple of weeks later for Spirit Halloween and then the week <laughs> after that for Target and Michaels and, you know, all those Home Depot and all We're that We're still stuff. waiting on you, Lowe's. Come on. Yeah. What's up? Where's our 12-foot, you know, uh, rivalry to Home Depot skeleton, man? That blows. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so we have, you know, as you mentioned, part one, mm-hmm. uh, which if you haven't listened to it, please go to our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com and listen. That was a fun episode. That was. So we've got summer splashers. So hopefully you understand what that means. Means water. Yes. So Amanda. Yeah. What do you got for us? Well, my first episode or my first, uh, excuse me, uh, choice of the episode is probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And also, I'm really excited to read this synopsis to you because I, I hope that you'll be able to get it just from this. Oh, boy. Ready? Okay. A scuba, dive, a scuba diving instructor, her biochemist boyfriend, and her police chief ex-husband tried to link a series of bizarre deaths to a mutant strain of fish. In the Caribbean Island Resorts. This Piranha? It's Piranha 2. Oh, the spawning. The spawning. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, yes, yes. With uh, <laughs> uh, And you would never know if nobody told you, but it uh, it was directed by a very famous director. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So... <laughs> Let's let's talk about his later works. I think you'll you'll have more appreciation. But before there was Titanic, Rose and Jack, uh, before he actually found the tit or you know went down and filmed the Titanic in like forty years, or whatever. James Cameron f- <laughs> directed this movie known as Piranha Two: The Spawning. Sleek, fierce, savage, deadly. The Piranha. centuries nature's most ferocious killer until now the new breed is here faster 
more ferocious and infinitely more deadly. Piranha 2. Tremendous jaw pressure. It's sheared cleanly through bone in places. It's here. It's alive. And it's multiplying. We spliced in genes from different species to create the ultimate killer organism. It lives in the depths of the sea, but it can strike anywhere. fish that can swim, fly, and attack at any time. They bred the ultimate killing machine. Now, you're not safe out of the water. Piranha 2, Flying Killers. Um, I should mention, by the way, this came out in 1992, and it is important to note that this um, sequel to 1978's Piranha is, in fact, an independent film <laughs> because no, like, Hollywood studio producers wanted to pick it up. These two Italian producers were like, yeah, all right, I, I guess we'll we'll take it on. But it <laughs> remains an independent film to this day, which I think is hilarious. Also, it stars. Oh, hey, there's Excuse that motorcycle me. that you bought your daughter again. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, I told you, you got to make her wear a helmet. I thought I just ate Chipotle or something. <laughs> Not sponsors, do do do, unless mm, you'd like to. Please, that would make a real splash. Anyways. I'm gonna play the crickets one. Yeah, right okay, there. thank you. Anyways, um, it stars Trisha O'Neill. Um, she does have many roles in terms of like maybe f- famous movies you might know, but also um, it stars Lance Henriksen, who is he's in everything horror, but like uh, Terminator, Omen Two. He was in Aliens, and of course, a Reprisal of Aliens versus Predator. Pumpkinhead. He Pumpkin was the lead in Pumpkinhead. He's in Mimic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's in basically everything. But um, let me kind of give you a little breakdown. So. This deals with Anne, who is the scuba, uh, the the aforementioned scuba diver uh, instructor, and her, like, sort of, I don't know if he's ex-husband or soon-to-be ex-husband, Steve, who is a cop. If you're getting, like, Jaws throwbacks, this is exactly what I, this is the reason why I picked it, because it's literally two people team up, one of them a cop, they gotta solve these murders that are happening in the water. What does that remind you of? (laughs) Yeah. This happened, like... Mm -hmm what seven years later but it's a clear blatant ripoff but oh, anyways yeah. one among many exactly um and so she's like hey i'm a diving instructor here's some you know lessons it opens up with that but then there's these weird unsolved murders that happen and her ex-husband's like hey i don't like you but i want to protect your sensibility so don't go to the morgue and look at those bodies which ultimately just makes her really curious sure so she and this other guy she ropes uh into going with her Tyler is like, yeah, sure, I'll go see them. They go to the morgue, as you do in mm-hmm. the Caribbean islands, and discover that these bodies are like, uh, they're they're chewed up. They're really chewed up. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what in the beginning of the movie where the start, things start to go crazy and haywire. All of a sudden, body bags are moving and, like, there's still things that are alive. Um, turns out it's the piranha. But guess what? <gasps> there's a... Uh, new genetic feature in that they have wings and they can fly 
we get. Wow. So the I'd like to point out too, just as a tangent, some fish actually have fins that like flying fish. That flying don't, fish. I don't know if they fly or if they like jump and glide. Mm, yeah, a little bit of you that. You know what I mean? But these ones had wings that were like a falcon. They just, they could fly. Um, and so, of course, they start freaking out. They pop out of the body. They kill the nurse in the morgue with them. She's like, oh my God, this is crazy, which as you do. Mm. Um, Tyler, who was basically obsessed with her, even though he's like, I'm only a tourist. Um, he's kind of shady from the beginning. And he's like, guess what? I got to tell you something. I'm part of the team that helped to genetically create these piranha. And we accidentally <laughs> dropped a canister of eggs or something in the ocean. And it landed in some weird shipwreck. And now they're all over the place. Boom, COVID. <laughs> That's where COVID came from, gentlemen or ladies and gentlemen. Someone needs to tell the who and not the band. The other who. The who? The who. Who are they? Who? Who? All right. Um, <laughs> so he's like, you know what? We we can't set them free. We got to figure out how to, to get rid of them. Oh, I know. Let's just blow up the shipwreck where they are living and inhabiting. Because hmm. blowing anything up always just seems to be the way that these movies work out. And though, even though, in fact, like, it doesn't always work like that, right? so they have plans to it they they dive down to the shipwreck and she's with tyler and you know some funky stuff goes on the ex-husband is jealous of tyler and tyler is being weird and he becomes kind of obsessed but also start acting weird and like he's you don't know if you trust him by the end and then you know stuff goes down i don't want to i don't want to spoil it because the graphics are hilarious it's 1982 um but you know explosions happen and you think that everything's done. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and though I am not reviewing it this episode, I will let you know there's a, there's a Piranha 3D. So it wasn't all done. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like Piranha 3D like 25 or 30 years later. Yes, it's recent. It's like 2013 yeah. or something. And didn't they do another one called Piranha 3 Double D? Yes. Which was... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can tell where this is going. Ugh. All I can say is that if you want to, if you want like to be scared about stuffing, watch the first one. If you want a good laugh, watch Piranha Two, and then you can avoid the rest. Um. So, yeah. So, <laughs> this one doesn't have necessarily the uh, the best credentials or the best scores, right? IMDb gives it a three point seven out of ten, which might be one of my lowest rated films. <laughs> ever in the history of our <laughs> podcast but i can do you one better metacritic gives it a 15 wow a whopping 15 mm. now the great thing about this is that it's you know mixing with the horror time and as we said last episode all these streaming apps and medias are coming out with their uh horror repertoire um and to get you enticed into like buying their subscription services they're saying hey look at how cheap i am you can watch this for right now you can watch this for 3.99 on amazon or youtube you can find clippets uh, on youtube of course um and i think actually you could probably find pretty much the whole film uh, if you really yeah. wanted to um but yeah, that's my first pick. It's hilarious. It's Flying Piranha. And it's nothing like, you know, the Jennifer Lopez movie. Or was that Anaconda she was in? Anaconda. Okay. There was another movie. Yeah. I can't remember if it was Piranha, though. It was some, like, in the Congo somewhere. No, maybe that was Anaconda. Maybe was I'm just Congo? confused. Was it Congo? No, that was with <laughs> that was with apes and stuff, wasn't that, it? Yes, it was. And like, yes. like Michael Crichton. That was hilarious. Michael Crichton. Yeah. Ugh. About Amy the talking yeah. gorilla. Which was she based on um, Coco? Coco? I think so, but really? but it was electronic. In other words, it was some sort of like a, like translation device. Uh, no, I don't think I like that. Rest in peace. Amy Coco. likes banana. 
that's kind of what it you know like, all right she has a little weird. cuddly monkey called her lovey yeah and it's all about the the um king solomon's diamond mines oh yeah and there's a great scene where they're trying to like they're like being shot with like missiles and they use the flare guns out the door of the plane to yeah. divert the missiles I'm yeah like, it's some of these these things yeah Tim Curry in it with a very classic south african accent. uh it's so cheesy but it's fun it's fun Congo's fun that's it, another recommendation it, exactly it might actually be something for us to watch we could do a we could do a whole episode on funky monkeys we should do a funky monkeys funky monkeys anyways that's, good ones. that's my first pick piranha 2 the spawning hmm. 1982 directed by james cameron yes although this this answers the the burning question why doesn't he keep that movie on his resume uh <laughs> i mean out of all the sequels let's see uh, terminator 2 yep aliens mm, uh and of avatar. course avatar yeah he's doing avatar mm-hmm. sequels and of course piranha 2 mm-hmm. spawning yeah well i mean it, one could say it took a bite out of his career huh, huh? Oh. you know in, in all seriousness you would think with how much that guy loves everything underwater, that would be like the number one thing underneath his name on any banner or marquee. Yeah. It's no, weird. No. It's weird. But hey. Anyways. Gotta start somewhere. <laughs> Maybe that's where he found his first shipwreck. That's right. Oh, my first pick, now yours. All right. Now, both of my picks take place on the ocean and are similarly themed. Both are... I like to think of quintessential products of their time. Okay. Uh, Both represent a transitional period between using practical special effects and computer-generated imagery. Mm. They came out at around the same time and are nearly the same length and are both, in my opinion, a lot of goofy fun. (laughs) My first pick is the 1999 movie Virus, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Sutherland, and William Baldwin. Now, if you're keeping score at home, William is the Baldwin brother who is not the drug addict, that's Daniel, not the right-wing nut job and tax cheat, that's Stephen, or the one who accidentally shot and killed a cinematographer while making a movie, that's Alec. Oh, okay. So he's kind of, uh, William is sort of the normal, (laughs) which is kind of unusual. Wasn't he in Backdraft? Uh, I believe so, yes. I don't know what, he's still acting, but not doing as much these days. Also with Um, Donald Sutherland, actually. There you go. Yeah. So while most of Virus takes place on the ocean, uh, it opens in another vast expanse, outer space. Serengeti. Oh. The other vast expanse. Yeah. Uh, Specifically, the Russian space station Mir. It has traveled across time and space. An energy force unlike any in the universe. It is powerful, intelligent, and it has found the perfect planet to inhabit. I'm picking up a contact. 12 miles out, speed, zero knots. It's dead in the water, but it's big. It's really big. All right, is there anyone aboard? I don't get it. I mean, we got a Russian vessel, middle of nowhere, dead in the water, crew vanished. I mean, why the hell would they abandon ship, huh? We got somebody else on board. Repeat. We got somebody else on board. That's who sank the tug. Drop it. Eight days ago, during a transmission from the Mir space station, something came onto the ship. I took control of computers. Use learning. Learning what? How 
to kill us. Somebody welded the engine room door shut. What is it? High-tech robotics. Get back! Now, in order to survive... It's creating a new life form. What? It wants us for spare parts. It must destroy the one threat... Oh, my God. ...to its existence. I'm gonna die! The virus called man. What's wrong with you? Nothing now. So some kind of energy wave passes through the space station, killing everybody on board. Mm -hmm. uh, and somehow that energy wave is able to transmit itself via the space station's antenna down to Earth and onto a, a Russian sort of a control ship. Oh, um, no. You know, it's like a, a floating mission control. Yeah. And it's called the Volkov. Of course it is. Yeah. So the crew, now the crew of a, of a tugboat, a different ship, which happens to consist of our three main leads, discovers the Volkov adrift and powerless. So looking at a possible salvage opportunity, they board the ship, of course, and initially it seems like there's nobody aboard. There's mm -hmm. no crew, nothing. However, they do come across one survivor, the science officer, Nadia, who provides much needed exposition mm -hmm. uh especially when it comes to insisting that they need to keep the power off the ship at all costs <laughs> because it needs power and what is it well it seems to be a kind of computer virus that is creating both weird insect-like robots and oh turning the crew into murderous cyborgs so they try to establish communications with this sort of alien intelligence. It turns out that it wants to use humans as spare parts. Ew. Yeah. So it's basically cy cyborgifying uh, the crew. So it's now, the ocean market, not the black market. Kind of, for like, yeah. For like kidneys and tinker for, toys. Yes, basically. They're just giant erector sets. <laughs> Uh, now, the remaining non-Borgified humans on the ship are picked off gruesomely mm. by the little insect robots and the cyborgs, you know, and the ship starts to move again uh -oh. towards a populated area. Even though it's a shipwreck? It's not a shipwreck. It's dead in the water. Oh, oh, oh It was right. out of power. Right, right, right. Um, but once the power, once they uh, restored the power on the ship, this thing started doing its, you know, nasty mm -hmm. business again. So... They, they can't let it get to a populated area. Of course, you know, right. everything's going to go. Humanity's damned. Yeah. So the heroes must find a way to stop the virus from reaching land and taking over the world, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and this is like, this is total 90s cheese. Yeah. For, for me. It's wonderful. It's like the film equivalent of a plate of fresh hot mozzarella sticks Ooh. with the side of bloody marinara. Mmm. It's got, it's really got everything that you want. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is a badass. Mm -hmm. Donald Sutherland phones it in for a paycheck. And he's freaky. Uh, yeah, it's got giant robots, killer cyborgs. It, it, you know, it, it, and the special effects are really good in this movie. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, that's where they put the money. <laughs> Not on, you know, screenwriting. Right. <laughs> uh, which, you know, eh, I'll take it, right? Right. It's got like practical a lot of practical effects mm -hmm. like the robots and everything and the cyborgs it's all you know there it's all real practical effects and they're great right um and if the film had been made even a couple of years later it would be all cgi and look terrible mm. so you you know uh, i always appreciate it when they take the time and the effort 
and the artistry to try to make these physical effects work in camera. Right. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why I really like it, because as I said earlier, it's a transitional film where they still relied heavily on actual practical effects. Now, is the movie itself any good? No, I'm just going to say <laughs> that. right. Now. But who cares? Right. It's like fast food. You know, it tastes good going down, makes you feel like crap later on for having done it. What more do you need, really? Right. So, virus. I highly recommend it if you're into that kind of cheese. Uh, <laughs> sticky cheese. Ew. Um, now, it does... It doesn't do so well in score-wise. It's what? 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10 on the Internet Movie Database. Fine. Okay. And the Rotten Tomatoes give it 12%. Which is ooh. mean. It's ooh. just mean. Don't be mean to this film. That's not even like no. Rotten. That's like botulism level. I know. That's like <laughs> flies everywhere on exactly. it. Exactly. That's not cool. You know, I mean, really? Okay, it's not a good movie, but it's fun. So if you are interested in this kind of virus, not the one we've been dealing with, uh, check it out on Prime Video, Apple TV, or Vudu for $3.99. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just go buy for your $3.99, go buy a KFC breast deal for the same price. It has one <laughs> breast of chicken, one individual mashed potatoes with gravy, and one fluffy buttermilk biscuit. Hashtag Prices may vary, not available in all locations. Just got to say that. Hashtag please sponsor us. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so that's it virus okay my first pick i like how it's like kind of combining a computer virus but also like a humanoid virus mm -hmm. that's pretty cool yeah yeah like i said it's fun it, it's not great but, but it's, it's not, fun but it's not good. what do you want and you know i think it's probably fair to say that when it came out that was just the time where people were limited by the cgi that they had at the time mm -hmm. so had to rely on things like physical effects which not which could make or break it and it sounds like the they did a really good job and so they kind of made it in a sense they did also um the director whose name escapes me at the moment uh he was a special effects uh expert he in other words that was his field he's he was a, a former special mm -hmm. effects director and so that's probably why most of that was done in camera because that was his forte gotcha. to begin with I like when people who are who got specifications and genres come together in a film. You can just tell where people get their mm. like passions from, yeah. you know. Well, okay, I'll check that out. Directed I, by John Bruno. John, John Bruno. well, that's why we don't talk about him. Yeah, we don't, talk about, we don't talk about Bruno. This is how it is. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my second pick. Um, it's always the Russians, isn't it? No, mm. if, I mean, okay, I know that probably wasn't the greatest joke to land right now, yeah, sorry, considering. Ukraine considering but to be fair all the bad guys are either germans or russians in every film yeah well history has proven that to be correct fair okay my film um let's start let's start off with a couple of fun facts about it i personally think it has a killer cast mm -hmm. peter weller Ooh. ernie hudson mm -hmm. daniel stern oh wait a minute can i guess uh-huh is it Leviathan? Yeah, it is. Yeah, 1989's Leviathan. What, you didn't go with Deep Rising? Oh, I thought about it. I thought about doing a Rising no, slash Deep... No, not Deep Rising, but I mean, what was the other one? Well, Deep Star 6. Deep... <laughs> but Deep Rising was one, and also I was going to do Deep Blue Sea and kind of merge and be funny, wow. but yeah, whatever. No, this is um, 1989's Spectacular Leviathan. Um, so Peter Weller, Ernie Hudson, obviously Ghostbuster, Daniel Stern from Home Alone, Hector Elizondo from... The princess diaries and so many other things um 
this, by the way, you know what struck me too is that I haven't seen it in a little bit, but the movie poster for this, it like kind of jumped out at me and I was like, why do I like that so much? Was it in 3D? No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But it was also created by John Alvin, who, by the way, did the E.T. poster. Think of another famous movie poster, right? You always think of E.T. first. You know, little kid driving a bicycle across the sky. E.T. phone home. You know what I mean? Anyways, just check it out. It's by John Alvin. It was an experiment that tampered with nature's most basic laws. It went terribly wrong. It was buried five miles down. Now, a crew of undersea miners is about to stumble upon this terrifying secret. Shack to seven. What's going on out there, Williams? Thank God, are you picking this up? Look at that. Leviathan. Currently with the Russian fleet in the Baltic Sea. Currently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. What's your air reading? 20 minutes. Do something quick. We've lost him. My crew's in jeopardy. But you have no proof. I'm ordering you to start an emergency medical evacuation. What if it turns out to be nothing? Oh, <laughs> it's already killed one man. I'm losing compression. I can't breathe. Whatever got six pack in Bowman, it's still here. I feel something. Somebody's alive in here. What's going on? Six pack. Six pack, answer. trying to tell us, Doc. It absorbs the intelligence of its victim. Thank goodness you're still alive. When are you coming? I say we protect ourselves. Leviathan. A woman uh, basically hires a man who's a geologist and says, hey, come on work, come work on my my family's deep uh, sea mining area for a few months and, you know, whatever, do some experiments. And he's like, yeah, sure, it's good money. Gets a crew together and they go to this deep sea mining site. Now, I don't I didn't know what deep sea mining really entailed, but truly it is like under the water. It's like a little space station, but under the water and they mine for stuff. I guess in today's world, it would probably be for like oil, that kind of thing. Um, And so what happens when they get down there? Well, they discover a shipwreck. It happens to be a Russian shipwreck with a ship named the Leviathan. So what do you do? You go in it and you explore. You happen to find two things of importance. One was a safe. Inside the safe is contained notes from the random captain's logs, right? Explaining or trying to detail like these weird murders that have happened on the ship. And then the other thing is just a bunch of vodka because the Russians, Mm. (laughs) they love their vodka. And so you, as you do, you celebrate and you take a couple of shots and then you go about your business, right? Well, you know, things start getting kind of weird. They start finding these like boils, these pustules, these little globules. And you're like, Pustules. Pustules. That's it's a great word. It's a good word, word right? I love that word. Yeah, I was waiting to use that. I felt it in my gut all day. I was excited about it. Is that pustules in your gut? No. Not in your gut. Mm. Yeah, no. No. Nope. No, no. I'll see no. a doctor immediately. <laughs> um, so 
the guy who drank the vodka and who discovered the Leviathan, they call him Six Pack. He was like, hey, Doc, who's the main geologist guy, can you feel these weird bumps on my back? I don't know what's going on. You know, and then the symptoms of like the bubonic plague start happening. I don't feel good. Hair's falling out. All this stuff's happening. Well, it turns out he croaks very soon later. And then the woman that he uh, toasted with the vodka, she's like, oh, my God, I'm not feeling good either and my hair is falling out too so she actually well she unalives herself because she doesn't want to end up like that dude who by the way is now like bubbly and gurgly and transforming and think the fly but only like sea creature and not yeah. the fly it's yeah. gross and he's like merging with her dead body and it's just it's becoming this weird gross thing and so they're like well we have no idea what's going on. We got we got to get rid of this thing. We don't care that they were our former crewmates. Let's just toss them overboard because that's what you do, right? Well, before they could do that, um, all hell breaks loose. And like a tentacles flying this way and like trying to kill other people. And people are getting suction cupped. It's just gross. Fine. Turns out that the Russians were experimenting on their uh, people and their crew members with uh, mutant genes or like antigens, right? Like but they put them in the vodka. And so the idea is that the people would fall asleep and they could experiment as it were, but it turns them into these horrible creatures. Wow. Yeah. It's gross. Who'd have thought, I mean, you, you would think that like decent vodka would pretty much kill anything that you put in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because it takes them a while. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, but they don't put two and two together until sort of closer to the end of the movie that the ship was purposely sunk or is what is known as scuttling. Fun fact. Mm. If you watch the little mermaid, you know, the, the sea chicken yeah. scuttle, mm -hmm. his name is scuttle. And he's always mm -hmm. being dragged down by something by like seaweed or like, you know, it just, you'll get it to watch the reference, watch the movie to get it. But anyway, I thought that was funny. Um, so yeah, they discovered that they purposely sunk themselves and you know, it was an experiment gone awry and, uh, yeah. So they have to kind of figure out what they're going to do. Um, <laughs> I'm turning my notes over cause I wrote a lot of notes with what's going on. I thought you brought a book with you. Yeah, no, I like when I'm, when I'm excited about stuff, I have to write it down. So I remember it. Um, so yeah, basically that's what, uh, that's what happens. Now, the interesting thing about the creatures is that because much like, like the fly bits and bits are forming at different times, they don't look like anything other than towards the end, they start looking like those sucker fish on the bottom of sharks. What do you, what do they call them? Suckerfish. No, lampreys, 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 lampreys. And they, they're just long skinny eels. And they just start sucking everything. It reminds me of that movie um, with the chest bursters, except that there's no arms or legs. They just come out with a mouth and just like suck, suck, suck. It's just, it's gross. How'd that go again? <laughs> um, um, yeah. So that's the thing. And I'm not going to spoil the end for you because it's hilarious, but I will say that almost everyone dies. Mm. Um, it is gross. <laughs> and it definitely heightened my fear of the unknown in the ocean, because I'm always wondering if I'm going to come across something and it stems from a childhood trauma. I'm not going to go into, but there's always that fear of like going too far into the ocean. You're like, Oh cool. There's a shipwreck because we humans are just not good for the planet. Um, but I will say this one did way better than Piranha 2. <laughs> <laughs> it gave it a 5.8 out of, or 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Metascore gives it a 51. 
So it's not super wonderful. But here's the best part of it. This movie is streaming absolutely everywhere, including Roku, Hoopla, Tubi, which we love, Redbox, Pluto TV, which is really great if you haven't checked it out before. Or you could just buy it on Apple TV. But I'm telling you, it's not even funny. Funny is the wrong way to put it. It's just like the, the late 80s version of like, um, not even Jaws, but like trying to make the ocean scary, like the unknown. Right. Yeah. Before, before we got into like super CGI and like that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. So suckerfish, mm. Russian vodka, mm. shipwreck. It's got everything. It's all you got to know. So one fun fact about that movie, <laughs> uh, it was directed by George P. Cosmatos. Yes. Who? He was, he was Greek, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Who also directed one of my favorite films, Tombstone. Tombstone, is that the one where Kurt Russell didn't get any credit mm -hmm. for writing it, even though he wrote most of it? Yeah. See, I think the world owes Kurt Russell an apology for so many things. For so many things. He's literally the golden person of our, like, lives. Like, I mean, you know, he doesn't... Tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Did uh, you say write it on his tombstone? I did, yeah. But um, Do we have that noise? We will. But um, We'll order it. Yeah, we'll order it. From Amazon. <laughs> It'll come in tomorrow. Oh, That's Tombstone. That's a Tombstone. good film. That's it's such a, really a good, good movie. It's a good film. Uh, yeah. yeah so. Del Kilmer, rest in peace. Uh, wait, like. he's not dead. I know, but he's like basically. All right, never wow. mind. I'm Well, I'm just saying. Why are you trying to Kilmer? <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways. All right. That's then. my second pick, and I'm sticking to it. It's probably my favorite of the two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Especially since like Daniel Stern's in it, and no one expects him to be like, anything other than funny home alone guy nobody well expects fact, is, daniel stern this is true because actually it was prior to home alone but mm. still yes he's the guy from the wonder years too yes the narrator yeah yeah okay, oh so he that's why i expect him to be oh i didn't know he was yeah. he was narrating that's right yeah all right so but yeah good pick <laughs> russians leviathan <laughs> yeah levodkathan levodkathan there you go yeah. so for me now as i stated earlier my second pick is very similar to my first pick thematically. But this time, the threat is not technological, but biological. Ooh. And I mentioned this before. Uh, it's a 1998 film, Deep Rising. Ooh. Yes. Welcome to the greatest pleasure ship ever built. Good times forever! I have something here, sir. I've never seen anything like this. It's a malfunction, sir. That's impossible. Where are they coming from? I don't know, sir, but whatever it is, it's, uh, big. They answered a distress call. Where the hell is everybody? Now. What the hell is that? They're dead in the water. I got a really bad feeling about this. The ship's infested. Let's get the hell out of here! What the hell is that? The girl from Ipanema. I don't mean to sound like a wuss. But this is starting to freak me out, man. I vote we leave. Who votes we leave? Rising. In this movie, instead of a Russian research vessel, the ooey gooey action takes place on a luxury cruise ship. Oh, of course. Uh, it kind of starts off like the Poseidon adventure. Uh, <laughs> something causes the cruise ship to shake around like crazy and people are thrown around and all that. Uh, but meanwhile, there is also 
a saboteur aboard Uh Mm. as part of a sinister plot to rob the ship and its passengers. Because this is a luxury cruise. Everybody's on there is like super rich. Are they Russian? Uh, No. They're mercenaries. Mm. So maybe one of them has some Russian background, but I didn't check their (laughs) DNA results. Um, So these mercenaries are working with the saboteur. Mm -hmm. uh, And of course, they get more than they bargain for once they board the ship. Once again, there's no passengers to be found, but there is something alive on the ship. Something very nasty. Hope. Is it mercenaries? It is. No, it's not other mercenaries, <laughs> although that would be kind of fun. They're like worse. They're worsenaries. Yeah. They're not just as good. They're mercenaries. Oh, I got to trademark that. Uh, That's good. So there is a massive sea creature called an octolus aboard. Uh, it has tentacles, teeth, and an appetite for human bodily fluids. Uh, basically, it, it wraps a tentacle around you and sucks you dry, of leaving your blood? you, yeah, and other stuff. Oh. Uh, and basically leaves you just a lifeless husk. Leaves you humorless. Get it? Because, like, the four humors. So, this creature has uh, <laughs> feasted on the crew's. On the, crew, on the ship's crew and passengers like a buffet on the Lido deck. There. Uh, and this kind of puts the mercenaries' plans to plunder the ship on hold, you know, because their lives are in danger. That's fair. Yeah. Like, so, if they put that in the report, I'm not going to fire them. That's right. Them. That's right. So now they got to survive. <laughs> uh, now, as part of the plan, so they were going to, the plan was they were going to rob the ship, rob yeah. the passengers, and then the, the saboteur had uh, smuggled on board, I don't know how, uh, two torpedoes. You know how. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so the mercenaries were going to use the torpedoes to, in your words, scuttle the cruise ship after they had finished robbing it, leaving no trace of their, you know, plundering. While they were still on it? No, no, no. After they were done, they were going to detonate the torpedoes and sink the ship after they had like robbed it. Oh, and so like they had already been off the ship. So, yeah, they had the torpedoes. The torpedoes were on the ship. The, the mercenaries were going there. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were going to uh, get together with the saboteur, yeah. who was already on board, Yeah, rob the ship. They were all going to leave the ship. The, the, on another ship. On a, yeah. And then detonate it. I see. And destroy the evidence, basically. I see. So. Why do they have to do that? Couldn't they just rob them? Yeah, but, you know. Why you, are mercenaries so mean? See, you got to go with the diehard reasoning. You know, if you steal a couple of hundred bucks, you can simply disappear. But if you rob millionaires uh, of all their goodies, you have to make them think that you're dead or, you know, they're going to come and get you. I've never seen Die Hard, so I have no idea what you just said. You're fired. (laughs) Anyway, boy. So uh, now these now they have to use that's where the plans have changed. They have to use these torpedoes to try to destroy the creature, Mm -hmm, the Kraken. Yeah, the Octolus. Mm. Yes, Octolus Prime. Octolus Prime. (laughs) (laughs) So in this movie, our B-list actors include uh, Treat Williams, and he is a treat. Uh, And he's the captain of the boat that's transporting the mercenaries. He did not know at the time that he was transporting mercenaries. He's not the saboteur. He is not. So he, you know, he got kind of hornswoggled, too, with this whole thing. Uh, And there is a, a passenger who has survived. Uh, because she was uh, in the ship's brig for trying to steal <laughs> jewels um, while she was on the, and okay. she's played by X 
ex-man Famke Jansen. Oh, I love her. Who was, you know, Phoenix, Jean Grey, and the, like, first series of X-Men movies. Yeah, I love her. House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. And so this was one of her first uh, movie roles. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's in there, and she's, you know, she's she's decent. You know, she's a good actress now, but back then, you know, it was her first kind of, one of her first movie roles after, I think, uh, she did a James Bond movie. She was young. I forget which one it was. I don't think it was Goldeneye, but I'm not positive. It might have been. Um, so this whole thing, I mean, it's all once again, very nineties, mm-hmm. which means, and this was kind of a thing with nineties movies, you know, when you look at eighties action movies, they're, they're fun and they're kind of, you know, they're chaotic and crazy Explosions and all everywhere. that. But in the nineties, they kind of took a little turn to be a little nastier. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of changed their tone, especially during the late nineties where action movies got a little bit more you know, a little gorier, a little nastier, a little mean-spirited. And that's kind of where we are with Deep Rising. Um, so you know, less Beverly Hills Cop and more like Transformers. Yeah. Michael Bay-ish. A little I mean, bit. Yeah, uh, but Transformer had a driver when it changed. Yeah, right. there you go. Mm. Think about that. I'd watch that. Uh, Gross. So now, of course, once again, with a 90s action movie, there's all the typical quips and one-liners that literally no one would ever say if their lives were in immediate threat because they wouldn't be able to think of them. Uh, But Danny Glover would say it. Yeah, he would, but that's, you know, that's a total exception. Clearly he's never met me. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So, and once again, just like my first pick virus, it's a product of its time, you know, late nineties. And it relied heavily on CGI. This one did because Mm -hmm. it was a, like supposed to be a living creature. Uh, so they had to do tentacles and teeth and cool. slobber and gross. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, while it was cutting edge CGI for then, mm-hmm. now it's very dated. It's you know they sure. they don't have the the surfaces correct. The, the the lighting isn't that great on them. It's you know typical '90s CG where you know you got to give them credit for trying, but it still looks not great. Mm-hmm. So now I honestly think that it's actually a better film than my first pick, Virus. Uh, it is a lot of fun and it is well directed. I will say that it looks aside from the CGI, the movie does look great. And it was directed by a man named Stephen Summers mm. and he made uh, 1999's The Mummy, oh. Van Helsing, mm-hmm. uh, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra and every single crappy mummy sequel. <laughs> So, you know, it's got, it goes, yeah, kind of with his, how you much know. do we love Brendan Fraser? Oh man. I can't wait to see that new movie. He's the whale. In. The whale. It looks yeah. so good. Yes. Do you yes. see that six minute ovation he got? He Stating did. ovation. He, I know, right? We need to protect him. We do. We, we do. We do. And he's also really good in Doom Patrol as Robot Man. <laughs> he's very funny in that role. Uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, Deep Rising does get a rather bubbly six out of 10. Oh, wow. Uh, and a somewhat rancid. 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ouch. Mm. And also like my first pick, you know, Deep Rising can be found for $3.99 on Apple TV and Prime Video. I think mm. it's a cool movie. I recommend it. It sounds really good. I especially like the, uh, the mercenaries become the heroes of the story mm. because that like, you want them to survive. I mean, or maybe you do. but Some of them you do. Some of them are downright irritating and you want them to die. Yeah. Did Treat die? Uh, no. That goes like a tree. No, yeah, yeah. Like Famke doesn't. Eh, yeah. And there's one other 
there's one other character, one of the mercenaries who also manages to survive. But here's the thing. He changes his way at the end, says, I'm going to become a good no, guy. No, no, nothing like that. This <laughs> this movie does have a, a kind of a twist ending. Ooh. Um, and it's one of those that, you know, some some twist endings are really good. You're like, oh, I should have seen that coming. I should have known. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. This one was like, eh? Yeah. Why is that? Why did they put that in there? That makes no sense. And it's just, you know, it was just like thrown in there to give you one last kind of, you know, jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and it literally has kind of nothing to do with the rest of the movie, which nice. is just bizarre. And you can kind of tell. You can kind of tell it was put in there at the last minute. That's, that, you think that's because the director wanted to include it so badly or because they had to, like, extend the time? The I think, movie. no, it, it reeks of studio interference to me oh. because the original ending, from what I understand, was just, you know, uh, they, they've survived. They're on a beach. They're like, oh, hey, what do we do now? Hey, let's just wait for somebody to pick us up on this island. Hey, hey. And, you know, then the camera pulls out and then it's the end, which, you know, is fine. But right. I guess the studios were like, no, 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 we need something like crazy and twisty and all that. So, but. Fair. Yeah, I, I just, you know, it just reeks of interference, but that's okay. That's the worst. Because sometimes, I mean, what is it right now? Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Even oh, the yeah. director is like, you know what? Just go watch the extended cut. Mm. Because I think it's better. For a director to tweet that, you know it's got to be something big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Which, by the way, I just got to say, I love Jeff Goldblum. We know this, right? Oh, uh, I watched that doesn't? movie. Exactly. Uh, uh, well, yeah, maybe uh, like... Sometimes, like in the magic of movie writing. Uh, anyways, that was are you, my impression. Are you okay? That was my impression. <laughs> um, I loved it for the trio. But, um, yeah, I, I like the fact that like there's sabotage going on, right? It kind of reminds me of the Costa Concordia. This captain's like, oh, look, there's a beautiful woman. And then ends up sh like sinking the entire cruise mm. ship. Well, this Right? <laughs> but this guy's like, I'm just going to go and travel with all these wealthy people. Then all of a sudden the mercenaries on board and they have to defeat the Kraken or the Octo Octo yeah. Octopolis. Uh, uh, Octolus. 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 Did he have eight eyes? Uh, I I think he had a lot of eyes. has one eye. I looked it up while he was doing that. Um, so question for you. Yes. You, you can nod or shake your head if you don't want to spoil this for people listening. Is that the movie where someone is being eaten and they shoot down the side of the enemy and a body falls out of it partway through? Mm. Okay. Mm. I don't think I want to watch that. Trying to remember it's pretty it gross. That yeah. was a great movie. Um, yeah, it was fun. I really like I mean it kind of it's got elements of a lot of other movies in it. Gross. It's got like the the die hard element to it. Which I still haven't you seen. You know, it's yeah. got the Poseidon Adventure That's element to fun. it. Um but yeah, and it, it has probably my favorite um use of a jet ski in a movie. Um <laughs> what? Yeah. Is that how they escape? Kind the, of the jet, jet ski. ski. Um, yeah, the, uh, the the two movies that use jet skis the best, uh, three movies actually. There's um, Face Off. Oh yeah. There's of course, uh, Deep Rising, and also there's a, a a movie called Hard Rain. Okay, I thought you were saying Baywatch. No, no, uh, Hard Rain with uh, Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman. Yeah, great movie. Um, nobody's heard of it, but it's really good. So yeah, you know, it's um. Wait, that's the one that Betty White was in. No, you think of Lake Placid? Great oh, movie. No, I thought she was like Morgan Freeman was in there and she called him a, a jerk or something. Maybe. I don't know. I in any case, good pick. I think yeah. you had two really 
awesome solid picks i just had ones that were hilarious <laughs> that's okay um to recap my picks were 1982's piranha 2 the spawning and 1989's leviathan what a cool name leviathan leviathan also the name of the evil god in the hellraiser series Oh, yeah. Leviathan. There's also a movie in 2014 called Leviathan dealing with another Russian like probe, mm. but nothing to do with this. Speaking of Hellraiser, have you seen this uh, reboot of that coming out? Yes, I'm very excited. I Hulu love that exclusive. franchise. Yeah, I am. So I'm so there for it. Yeah. I love the Hellraiser franchise. I don't know why you can improve upon the original, but that's just. Yeah, me. you can't. But, you know, what what. What's interesting about that is I'm always up to learn more lore about sure. the characters sure. and how they operate. If and, it makes know. sense within the the scope of yeah. the yeah, yeah. I and I think it's interesting that the new Pinhead is actually a, uh, a trans woman. Mm. So that kind of gives it another kind of interesting little you know layer there. I think I will say on a tangent though, I there is definitely something to be said about using trans women in horror films because of the fact that they're trans so i don't know if i enjoy that but we'll see how it goes yeah i think that's you know in in, in hollywood terms that tends to they, they tend to overcompensate sometimes right here i am going for an ambiguity sort of thing so mm -hmm. let's use a trans woman it doesn't right. flow but we'll see yeah and it's like oh you know now you know, Hollywood's been called out for years for their lack of inclusivity. Yes. Uh, lack of diversity. What? So Hollywood's like, hey, now we're just going to throw everybody in. Right. And over overcompensate until the audience gets sick of it. And then we can go back to doing the way th thing we were doing them before. And it ends up harming things. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Not, well, your not two picks. So I had uh, 1999's virus. Yes. Which, you know, uh, sort of some sort of technological virus invades a ship and starts creating killer robots. What's not to love? <laughs> and my next one was 1998's Deep Rising. So more of a crazy kind of sea creature takes over a cruise ship and starts sucking the life out of people. Nice. It's fun. It's good times. I honorable, have one. You have one? Ooh, oh, we're, we're just getting to our honorable mention, so here's a good time. I'm, I'm not as well prepared as everybody else, so I apologize in advance. Mike over there that I can't quite reach. <laughs> but... Uh, 2002's Ghost Ship, Ooh. which has the greatest opening for a horror movie ever, in Ghost my opinion. Ship. Good That's good. Pick. I like that. Good pick. Yeah. That is a good one. Um, I haven't seen that in forever. Specifically, well, the movie should. poster kind of freaks me out. It's yeah. Like a skull inside the I saw the, that in the, the theater, ship. and then I don't think I've seen it says it since. C Evil, as in S-E-A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, uh, so they... I'm not saying what happens in the intro, because that is far and away the best part hmm. of the movie. But... Um, they're a salvage crew and they go looking for a ship and um as that's going on various people start dying in various unexplained ways and they get stuck on the ghost ship and then it turns out that the guy who directed them there is some form of demon or spiritual entity who has to get a certain amount of souls to fulfill some sort of quota that he needs to do and then uh yeah lots of gore early mm. 2000s as you were saying very nice some nice cg in there yeah it has um who's in it it has uh carl urban is in it oh Ooh. carl urban and carl gabriel urban. Byrne is in it oh oh i love that german man. slumming it is he what? german no he's irish oh, whatever he's um, remember in miller's little crossing women? no no doesn't ring a bell in, okay. in the in little woman he was he was german oh yeah um it didn't do particularly 
uh, well in the critical response. It has a 16% approval rating in Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Well, you know what? This is an honorable mention, so we don't want to worry about those points. Yeah. They don't matter. It's and an horizon like on the water. Thank they, you. they never matter that much, but I'm glad that you brought that up. Yes. Because and 28% on Metacritic. Mm. Very good. My recommendations, I think I bet you're you're thinking that I'm going to say Jaws. I'm not because I per, I personally think that the 1975 Jaws movie is perfection. Oh, yeah. It's a perfect movie. I love it. I think you can't improve upon it. Well, I think it is the staple of the basically of all cinematography history. I love it. But I think that you should watch Jaws 3D. I think that you need to you owe it to yourself to watch Jaws 3D. Um. And I will say that it's available right now on Shudder, I believe. And also it's, uh, it frequently comes back to Netflix. So not Jaws of Revenge, which is also hilarious, but Jaws 3D. Which is not in 3D, which you can't see in 3D anymore. Which, no, exactly. So you got to change the title. Well. To Jaws 3. 3D was. Mm. No. 3 what? don't. 3 don't. <laughs> 3 don't. I am not happy with Jaws 3D, even though it has... Dennis Quaid in it. Yes, and I love and, who is not Dennis Quaid. Um, Lou Gossett Jr., I believe. Yeah. Jaws, Jaws right now, you can rent it. Uh, it's for like three bucks everywhere. Yeah. But So Jaws 3D, Deep Blue Sea, because I think that one's hilarious. Oh, that Samuel, was one of mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson's in that. And, you know, he has a thing about snakes on a plane, but this is like whales in a mm, ocean. Whales like, in a jail. Whales in a jail. There you go. <clears throat> <laughs> and whatever you do, I'm going to give you a dishonorable mention. Stay away from the shallows. That movie with Blake Lively in it. Oh, anyway, Blake Lively in it. <laughs> Sorry, no, but seriously, it it's attempt to make the uh, shark or whatever they want it to be the megalodon type thing, um, this innocuous creature that you don't see, and to make it terrifying, just failed. Like it just fell flat on its face, and it does a disservice to movies about the ocean and horror movies. Mm. So don't watch it. Okay. That's it. All right. So uh, for my, I have a couple of honorable mentions. First one is Open Water. Ooh, uh, yes. Which has that a couple that get left behind <laughs> in the ocean. This is starting to sound familiar. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and, you know, they're trying to survive because basically the, the boat they were on just leaves, them, yeah, <laughs> leaves like, without them. What? Isn't that a true story? Uh, I think it may have been based on a true story. Yeah. This is so many years that humans have done stupid things. So yes. Probably. And then, and then, <laughs> but also this is not part of the honorable mention, but the, there's the opposite version of open water called, it's called frozen, not the Disney movie, but frozen uh-huh. about two people that are stuck in the middle of a storm on a ski lift. And they're just like, they're way high up in the air. They the ski lift shut down. They're stuck on it. They're too high up to jump and they have to try to figure out how to survive. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even, that's terrifying. Yes, it is. It's terrifying. It is. It is terrifying. Check it out. Uh, and of course, the classic one, I mentioned it earlier, the Poseidon Adventure doesn't yes. get any better than that. Yep. Uh, I actually, um, years and years ago, I actually got to uh, watch the movie on the boat that was used for the movie. <laughs> it was like a Poseidon Adventure party. No kidding. Yeah, it was in San Jose, California. It's always in California. On the, on the Queen Mary. Oh, the Queen and, Mary. Yeah. And uh, boy, that was an experience. Doesn't the Queen uh, Mary also have a Titanic area? I think so. Yeah, they do yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a ton of fun. That was a, that was pretty cool. Oh, so um, you know what's also good? It's in the heart of the sea. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hemsworth's in the newer one. Hmm. But isn't the book based on the whale ship Essex, which yes. is also like Moby Dick? Uh, was it Nathaniel Hawthorne? Yeah. Um, this is a family show. We don't say that. Oh. 
Fair enough. Um, yeah, it's the true story of the Welsh of Essex, which... Hmm. Um, Basically the, the Donner Party on the sea. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's Donner, no party, party like five. a... The subtitle should be the whale came back, because the whale came back and sank the ship. Mm. And then they survived in a boat on the open ocean for like 38 days or something, and then whale. gradually had to draw straws to see who would get eaten to keep them alive oh god all right i take it back maybe that isn't i haven't had dinner yet and now (laughs) i'm like regretting my decisions but anyways listen we've it's gone on for a while i just want to say thank you to everyone who's made it through to the end of the episode Mm -hmm. uh you're a trooper (laughs) you you are definitely a splasher this was part two of our slashes and splashers precursor episode to our extravaganza known as halloween horror oh yes which if you have been following us for any length of time we talk about it pretty much every episode because it's something that we love it keeps us coming back and in fact i think this is the only reason why we do this podcast is to get to october 1st pretty much so um if you by any chance are curious and why wouldn't you be head over to the deep dive podcast.com you'll find our entire database of old episodes in minus episode one we don't talk about that mm-hmm. um and you'll be able to listen on previous years i highly recommend 2019s and 2020s mm-hmm. because that was like pre-pandemic and like during pandemic and we had to find some creative movies yes. and i gotta tell you during the pandemic when everything was on streaming media there's some great choices there mm-hmm. um you can also visit our merch stand we use usually have uh, a lot of selections i mean uh, quite a few but we also have seasonal things such as a halloween t-shirt and yes. we're so lucky because your daughter this year is offering her creative services to draw up our new t-shirt design that's right and as of the day that this is posted Today, tomorrow that t-shirt yes will be available Ooh. for purchase yes and oh, if you yes. don't hate people you should buy that shirt yes and also a uh there's also a brand new design as well that Ooh. is a mystery design oh it's a mystery design it's a mystery design so i don't even to, know about this mystery design you'll have to check it out if you're old like me you'll get the reference of the design <laughs> but if not eh, it's still cute um so yes now that also by the way and you know if you're keeping score uh halloween horror month yes starts october 7th mm. and is also marks the beginning of season five of the deep dive podcast. Where did the time go? I don't know. I thought for sure we would have been canceled by we, now. We we were such young. Well, I mean, one of us was, and it was just a long time. And ago. that's all we have for today. <laughs> five years. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. So yeah. thank you to everybody who's listened to us from the beginning. You know, um, who took a chance on someone who's extremely knowledgeable about movies, and then. Me. You You were not supposed to hit that joke Uh, that hurts me more uh, than you know. (laughs) Hey, you know, I got a lot of years on you. So it's, you know, that's fine. So now, also, we are going to start counting down to Halloween Harma. Yes. And so we're going to be counting down with our uh, other recurring podcasts as well. So uh, Deep Dive Microcast, Mysteries of the Deep, and Pilot Error will all feature (laughs) tales of. The terrifying. So don't miss them. That's going to be our countdown to Halloween Horror Month. That begins October 7th. Pilot Air is going to be good. I bet you there's a lot of choices there. There are. A surprising yeah. number of failed horror TV pilots. <laughs> so, yeah. Deep Dive Podcast.com. The Deep Dive Podcast.com. 
thebrainwashedpodcast.com. You'll find links to our social media, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and an email. Hey, we love hearing from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, we really love it. We had some suggestions from previous listeners and previous episodes, and they've gone over a hoot, as someone from Tom's generation might say. Hoot. <laughs> so if you have a suggestion for a Halloween movie, get it in. Email us. And you never know. We might just, you know, read it and not credit you or credit mm-hmm. you or sure. something. Reach out. We want to talk to you. Reach we out. Do. We do. Give a hug. Yeah. A virtual hug. A virtual hug. Not creepy at all. Not at all. No. We're vaccinated. Yes. And, and boosted. boosted. Jinx. Oh, man. That's a good time to end this. Oh, boy. Listen, yes. thank you for listening. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, on behalf of the magnificent Mandalorian and our the Wayne Delorean, guest. our special guest, <gasps> Wayne Delorean, the Wayne Delorean. You know what's funny about that? He doesn't that? like that. He doesn't like it, but also it's funny because it's not so much the Mandalorian; it's more like Back to the Future Delorean. Oh, yeah, and he is older than me, so okay, that's fine. Yeah. Then. Anyways, so, don't forget to tell your friends, tell your pets, tell your enemies, tell, tell your, your ima- tell your imaginary friend, tell your credit card companies. Oh, you know, don't talk to them. Yeah. All right, we will catch you next time. See ya. Bye. All clips used in this podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios.